Uh, also text here that says, Hi Heather, loving the show. Can I get a big shout out to Mecha Gamezilla, who's still trapped inside the machine and could do with some cheering up. Okie dokie, thanks for that. Hello everyone, welcome to The Machine, with me, your guest host, Danny Eccles. Um, I have a guest today, his name's Owen. Hello. So that's that's us here, that's us in the room now, and uh, we're going to, going to talk about um, our, our little trip to Japan, which, you know, is still obviously living strong in our hearts, and for me and my arse. I feel it's important to to dive back in because I can already feel it. To Mars? I can feel it, yeah. <laughs> I can feel uh, the memories starting to mystify. It's like the notebook. We'll forget it all, make a ton of folk cry and then die together. Well, there was a gang. Mm-hmm. We had a squad. So you should, you should give a... a, a because the people listen, they're having names thrown at them. They, are, they yeah. don't know what that mm-hmm. means. They're not going to be on board. We we got to give each of them an um, attribute. Excuse me. I think you'll find I'm hosting. What we need to do here? I'm just helping. Cause <laughs> you're you're uh, you're flailing out there. <laughs> I think it's important that we um, you know give more of a sense of the the people who they are instead of you know the the people who came on the trip. Mm. It's a good idea to give everybody at home. More of an idea who these people are, and they're not just names and yeah. people that we've endured for a fortnight. Just so that when they get mentioned again, you know, oh, that's mm-hmm. grumpy, sneezy, sleepy, and so on. Yeah. So, if you were to give them any monikers, what would you choose? Go. Uh, well, throw a name at me. Joe. Uh, two runs, Merrick. <laughs> Joe was nice and easy. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I didn't hear any complaints out of him aside from when he'd had a bad bit of meat. The poor fella, and he was consigned to his bed with the trots. <laughs> <laughs> Two trots, Mary. He comes in like half a horse. guy probably like the entire time I think Joe shot on holiday you could have watched every episode of Andromeda <laughs> in fact I'm certain that's what he was doing on the toilet so uh, it's my choice my turn to throw a name at you alright okay uh, Nickel Hay That's no fair. <laughs> Imagine how hurtful it would be just to leave that in. <laughs> just laughing. And that's it. That's our description. That's pretty good, though. I don't know. Uh, head translator. Nickel was head translator. He knew words and signs. Guru. 
Sorry. <laughs> we got good mileage out of sorry. <laughs> we really fucking did. We'll talk about the Gaijin smash. <laughs> uh, uh, Barry Toppin. Barry Toppin. The man who orchestrated all of it, I suppose. He put in the hours. He got us organised. I can't imagine ever having gotten to in Japan without yeah. someone competent reeling it all. Yeah, basically, like if, so. if, if Barry wasn't there, we probably just all would have went to Scunthorpe and stayed in a pizza hut for a fortnight. That does sound good, though. It does sound alright. I've been learning how to host seances as well, so... Have I had a seance in a pizza hut? Are you better at hosting seances than the main machine? <laughs> Ghosts show up raging. <laughs> totally the only the only ghost I summon is Neil Kinnock. <laughs> okay, so Jim. Jim was uh, a very keen. He loves robots. He loves so many Japanese things and uh, very positive very keen in love with so much stuff that I found I found Jim Jim's enthusiasm quite infectious mm-hmm. and he's like one of the main reasons I enjoyed a lot of the stuff as much as I did was thanks to Jim's glee at seeing them and, and he's always quite knowledgeable about niche Japanese stuff that I wouldn't have known that helped out a lot uh, oh no 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 Let me put down my ring for this. Because <laughs> I need to spell. <laughs> Ono Donald was the quiet observer of the group. <laughs> there were so many things going on, so many egos. So many egos. It was like being on holiday with the temptations. Ono Donald would ground us all in the harsh reality that we're all just a bit rubbish white folk. <laughs> Ruining everybody else's time. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd all have a good laugh about it and be pals again until the next time we all fell out. <laughs> <laughs> An endless supply at olive branches. <laughs> <laughs> Can we not just all get through this? <laughs> and a wee, a wee cheeky grin that says... Did you see that guy's hair? <laughs> constantly, constantly a crush your face. A wee cheeky grin of, I'm actually the most cross. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Eccles. Danny Eccles was, if you remember um, Marlon Brando in A Streetcar Named Desire, if you remember that era, era Brando, you know, just when he's honing his art and he's mastering it and he's he's... He's embodying so much charisma, but pure hormonal rage as well. Whenever anyone was getting just that wee bit too down, Spawn soundtrack would just come right out. <laughs> Everyone would have an absolute ball. I'm not sure this has worked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, we're leaving the we're leaving the dad of the group to last. Big G. Graham. Mm-hmm. 
Graham is an absolute champ of a man. He really was the dad of the group. If it was all getting a bit too much, he vocalised all our internal thoughts. I've never seen a man get so enthusiastic about wrestling. It's it's contagious. I have not the slightest interest, but wherever he went, it's like, yep, I'll take that photo. I'll go see that big place that something important probably happens in. There's nothing quite as infectious as genuine passion. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even matter what it is, but if someone's really into something, mm-hmm. like when they show you their Nazi blades. <laughs> Did you say blades or plates? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which would you rather see? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now that we are all familiar with the uh, <laughs> with the participants, um, I think we should uh, now go on to discuss our our time there chronologically, right? Mm. So that we can make this fucking painless <laughs> for me, please. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I know someone listening will be wondering how was I able to go on this trip at all or my confinement to the machine but mm-hmm. I should just make clear that the machine allowed me to leave but only because of a, a, a battle royale style collar mm-hmm. so that it knew I'd had to come back mm-hmm. before yeah. I mean I remember you commenting um, on the collar when you saw it it That's was a nightmare like, getting through custody and stuff like that custody <laughs> would imagine you don't get through they keep you <laughs> didn't you have as we were going through airport security you had a bit of a, a bit of a grope didn't you uh, on yeah. the way yeah I got a bit of a grope because I've got a pierced Brosnan and uh-huh. they couldn't find it had it recoiled yep it would turn into an any. Uh, that was something going on a going on a long flight. Uh, it's the first time I'd flown anywhere outside of um, Europe, and uh, <clears throat> walking past everyone in first class, and you're like, you get paraded through that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, here's what you could have won. Yeah, comfort, <laughs> class. Could have had a nice time. <laughs> totally. Now this is happening. Psh, open the curtain. You've got women <laughs> giving birth. You've got men fucking crates and crates of chickens. It's a nightmare. It's like a deleted scene for Roadhouse. So we're not even in the country yet. We're not even in the country. You're right, you know. Right, okay. So we've all had a terrible sleep, a lot to drink, and we've watched about three or four films. But we're all psyched. We're all feeling it. We land in land in Tokyo, right? Uh. You land in some place outside of Tokyo <laughs> and then you have to get the train in. That's right. This is going to be such an informative podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was something I, I wasn't aware of while we were there. Huh. This is why we needed battery. S- someone said, we've got to take the train to Tokyo. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Why can't I just step out of the plane onto my bed? <laughs> like, but, but out in the, the emergency ship. Narita? airport that rings a bell 
Although that could have also just been something I ate, so I'm quite unreliable. This is the podcast you guys want to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you chose. So we arrive at our hotels, and what's your first memory of Japanese accommodation? The place we stayed was a small, you'd say hostel, right? Yeah, yeah, it's got more of a hostel vibe to it. It was a hostel. We didn't, we didn't have our own individual toilets. There was a floor bathroom. And <laughs> there was a floor wheel shower. <laughs> and uh, downstairs there was a little meeting room that had a SNES and a television and a big pile of games, mm-hmm. which was just... And it was the first time you realised that games that you consider rare ancient expensive relics to us they're just yeah just fuck that in the guest room put that in the guest room all like to see RPGs that would take 150 hours to complete sitting in <laughs> some guest room and you know someone has uh, some could probably delete their save <laughs> <laughs> do you want to start with Osaka the accommodation there uh, it was. What's the most positive thing you can say about where we stayed in Osaka? I didn't get scalded from the coffee that I got thrown at me there. Tell what happened. So right, okay, our our nightly ritual. We'd swing by a Seven Eleven, and we pick up some highballs, or we pick up some. Uh, I can't remember the full name of them, but they were like fruity highballs. Dunters. Dunters, as we so affectionately called them, uh, dunters. So we get some donors in, take them back to the hotel, have a couple, talk about our day, and then pass out on each other. And the Seven Eleven, you know, I went into. In fact, first of all, earlier that day, the exact same Seven Eleven I came out of, and I saw a man jump out a taxi, pull down his trousers like a wee boy peeing at a urinal, push up his belly. And push his second belly, his um, willy belly, in so that his t- his tiny wee dick could come out. Mm. And he's he was squeezing, he was squeezing really hard, and he was squinting. I mean, he's in my direct line of vision, so he's doing this right in front of me. He starts pissing. It's like when you put your thumb under the tap; it's gone everywhere. And he's still straining. I can't stop watching, and he's doing his thing. And then he pulls his trousers back up, not even shake, well, he can't shake it, really, because it's like a toddler's thumb. He could wiggle. Give it a Not even a complimentary wiggle. Straight back in the taxi, off he went. Driver or passenger? (laughs) Passenger. (laughs) Thankfully. (laughs) And later that night, went back into the same 7-Eleven, and... I'm getting my stuff. I walk and there's a, a little bit of a ruckus happening uh, at the at the till point. A and miniature fracas. A miniature fracas. Yeah, a very polite one. Mm. This tramp <laughs> freaks out. Just fucks a coffee right off the counter that he's just bought. All all across the side of the shop and me. And it was, I was just out the, just out the vendy, and it, and it hurt like fuck. And at that point, I thought, we are in danger here 
Not cool. <laughs> well, some harm had already come to you. <laughs> exactly. So it, 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 it's not uh, It's not ridiculous to come to the conclusion that further harm <laughs> may come to me. I mean, harm is so often something that happens in stages. <laughs> And very much depends on your job. You don't usually say, I've been harmed, but I suppose that's that. (laughs) (laughs) You think, well, better get away from the harm. Well, if you're a believer in the Crispin Mills karma, then you're done. You've had your fill. Do you want to talk about the toilet? Did you (laughs) see it? Oh, God. I didn't see it. No, I only had your description. There was a... There was a spring cherry blossom festival where uh, there was lots of nice stalls, nice food. Ooh, the fish on the stick, the frozen banana, mm. the uh, potato fried. Oh, the big yams, the big roasted Big yams. Big sweet yams. Big sweet yams. <laughs> Can that be the Sweet yams. <laughs> Can that be the name of the episode? Big yeah. sweet yams. <laughs> um... But there was a uh, public toilet and uh, <laughs> this, like, everything was always so clean everywhere. But at this particular outdoor festival, that toilet, it was, uh, you've seen train spotting. <laughs> it was a dirty protest on acid. There was shit up the walls. Plural. I couldn't... It was a bit of a shock because everything had been so nice until that yeah, point. Yeah, we should probably point out that everything's so sterile almost. Like, aside from that one incident, I didn't see any other human poo. <laughs> Certainly not vertical. Oh, let's talk about... Let's talk about Kyoto. Let's talk about the accommodation there. My God. So, it was a little house, right? So we basically had that run of a house and Kyoto's very much... How would, you, how would you describe the actual the, the city itself? Kyoto was the closest thing to a Ghibli film. Rural Japan, yeah. Uh, temples of the yin-yang. <laughs> uh, can't move for the fucking history. <laughs> uh, wood. Everyone. Bits. Uh, other bits that are nice. <laughs> lovely. Mm-hmm. Just lovely. Aye, it was like that, and we were all huddled round this kitchen table, and we would, at the end of each night, all meet there, have a wee drink, have a wee blather. It was just lovely, wasn't it? It was, it was just lovely. Chicken. What's the first place that really struck you? Well, our first little trip was out to Nico. Mm-hmm. And I think it was maybe the first time I seen you lose it at something adorable. Now, there was a shop selling things. little, like, flea market kind of idea. And there was uh, an Animal Crossing villager, but don't buy second-hand plush. No. Just don't. Because it's full of scabies and bad juju. Can you say that? As long as you double it. And then there was a big hill. There was a fucking huge hill. And on the way up the hill, there was uh, temples. Can you piss for pissing on temples in Japan? That's your, your thing, so just hold it in. Temple of a sleeping cat. Mm-hmm. 
And did you get a fortune? Yeah. <laughs> Fines was just basically, just get up. My fortune was really good. Yeah, you done okay. So we made it up to the top, we did our blessings, we had uh, a talk from a Japanese priest that no one understood. Uh, well, presumably the locals understood, unless he was speaking in tongues, <laughs> which <laughs> holy men are known to do. And uh, then donate, get a cat, sleeping cat fortune, and if sleeping cats are to be believed, Danny is soon to be living on the streets. <laughs> And I'm to be ascending to Valhalla. <laughs> Which is strong in Japanese culture. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, um, the deal with Nico for me was that when you arrived there, it was it was kind of like... It, w- it was like walking onto a Twin Peaks set. So you've got these, these kind of snowy mountains behind you and you've got this small town and it all looks just a little bit kind of isolated and a little bit creepy mm. but then obviously as you get further up through Twin Peaks you get out the other end and all of a sudden it's it's just it's an entirely new universe That's, that was something I noticed about Japan initially like the, the most consistent thing about Japan was the fact that there was so much variety in your surroundings you would be in the busiest of places and you would walk 15 minutes and be in a complete bed of tranquility there would be temples but everyone would respect that and even even the the, the, the way the infrastructure of the whole place was designed complete chaos providing a fucking a, a ramen museum and then you go up another flight and there's a toy museum, you come outside and there's a burger joint or a waterfall outside it, and this is all within like 10 minutes of each other. Mm. It's mental. Uh, what else was in Nico? We had soba noodles, which mm-hmm. I didn't go wild for them. I got some little, uh, like lots of really odd chocolate. I got some green tea chocolate. That's the what latte first that. chocolate, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was very good. Uh-huh. Um... And then, like, well, that was another good thing about uh, about Japan. Everywhere you went, all the convenience stores, the food was so great. So you think about the sandwiches you get in a shell garage. Sad little fuckers. Or a spar. It's depressing. It's like you eat this thing and you know that you're going to grow gills. Like wet paper sandwiches. Like wet paper sandwiches that have been, like, inst- and it's not... It says pork patty, but you know it's just forty scrapings. Shriveled. Beef. Incontinent. Bread. Fannied. Lettuce. Shopping holidays are are a nightmare of mine. Like, no. You're not a keen shopper. Not a keen shopper at the best of times. So when I go to the holiday, I like to get away from all the things that naggle me in this country. So when I arrive at... Why'd you bring nickel? Then? <laughs> <laughs> when I arrived at the giant dandy... <laughs> oh, you have... Don't just go on. You have to make it light so I we know. can still use it. <laughs> I know I can't because I actually hate them. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the opposite of what I needed you to do. <laughs> when we arrived at the Giant Tandy, I thought, oh Christ, this is, there's going to be a lot of this. I'm going to, going to need to do my own thing. But about half an hour in, I was like, Japan sells some absolutely mental things. And there was a full row of Godzilla merchandise and Turtles action figures I hadn't yet seen in my young life. And I thought, let's let's embrace this. Let's embrace this one wee trip here. And I tell you, I've never had so much fun in a tandy. Mm-hmm. So, what was the nicest thing you ate? You know what? I'm going to go with week one ramen from the ramen museum. The ramen museum's definitely up there. So, tell us about the ramen museum. The ramen museum is... It's astounding. Like, so you go in and you've got a uh, ground like on f- on the first level. Um, you've got like what looks like just a, a shop full of ramen. <laughs> and yeah, it's you, pretty it's like a large gift shop, yeah. sort of what you'd expect. Yeah. So you go in through the gift shop first, essentially, right? And um, then you go through kind of network of corridors and stairs, and then you're opened up and a it, quite intimidating network of yeah. stairs as you, you go an almost silent hill like <laughs> descent and you get less and less sure that you're going the right way yeah and there's odd things like um, there's the um, standees with the face cut out of them and like you know it's magicians and things like that and you're like is it how's this is ramen terrifying <laughs> was ramen born of someone's fears so you go down in, you, the uh, corridor opens out into what looks like a film set. So you've got a ceiling painted with sky and um, each each quarter of this little condensed uh, prefab village that they've built um, has their own little ramen shop and it's themed by decade or by style. So like you've got the like you know the rockers um, ramen bar. You've got like the traditional ramen bar. You've got like little ice cream bars and stuff like that. Um, and there are like there's this little kind of like a there's this little space in the middle that all these kids like are and they're coloring in stuff and they're learning about the history of ramen and how important ramen is. The seats are crates. The seats are crates totally. Yep, and you go. And, before you go into any of the restaurants, uh, as is popular in a lot of places in Japan, you choose your food in a vending machine outside. You hand um, the the door person <laughs> the ticket, and then you go. You sit down. You get your food, and the food. The only problem with the Ram Museum is that you don't get to have each one because mm-hmm. whichever one you choose, you're going to be pretty full after. But yep. and yeah, and that's where that's God, I'd go again. Because that meal, that was just incredible. I've never even been a fan of ramen. Every time I tried it before, I wasn't keen on it. And that was kind of the back of my mind. I thought, I'm going all the way out to this ramen museum (laughs) knowing I'm not really in ramen, but it was still one of the nicest meals I've ever had. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, that's where I started uh, the the routine of doubling my pork. Yeah. That, That looks good with one pork, I would say but it would look better with two pork. Double up. Double up, please. And as you go uh, up again, um, as you head out, there's, as I was saying, those ice cream bars and stuff like that. And it's the oddest thing, because there's a little bar and everyone's smoking and having ice cream. 
Mm. <laughs> As you go off into the alleyways, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you go up through the network alleyways. It was a whiskey and ice cream bar. Yeah, I, and there was a, a cigarette machine and everything. And this is the best part, though. As you've gone through the full experience of the Ramen Museum, it opens up in a, a tiny little toy museum, which has, hands down, the most impressive stock I've seen since... I don't know, like, Ingleston Market, circa 92, maybe 95, in fact, definitely 95, because I got a fucking Batman Forever keychain. I think you need to make very clear that you mean you got that on this trip and not in 95. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I got that on this trip, yeah, so we're at the Toy Museum, and it's rap. (laughs) I even got one for my mate as well. We... We've seen pretty much every toy car available. There was a racetrack you could get a car, a car cars. On, have a game. Big, massive slot car racetrack. Yep. And I, I, just, I need the people at home to be fully on board with how incredible it is to find Batman Forever <laughs> merchandise in its point. Just think of how many years it's been sitting, waiting for you. Literally two decades and at no point did the man working there think, this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> I'm never going to get the 100 yen. I bought them out of the older Batman Forever stock. There's probably going to be someone coming in the next day. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> so I remember you saying it. Like Val Kilmer comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Waddles over. Uh, he's, he's full of ramen. Has he lost the weight? Or? A bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He still likes to print off the plates, though. He's he's, he's a ravenous man. <laughs> it was I remember you saying though that like after we had left, like any money they were just replenishing the Batman Forever shelf, <laughs> <laughs> an endless supply. <laughs> Batman Forever keychains. Do you know what? Yo, Schumacher gets the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the weirdest thing. That was that was quite recurring. It wasn't it? It's like. Uh, maybe there wasn't much of a call for like a lot of the product to Western culture, things like Batman Forever, things that were big in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And it seems that like after the nineties, like they just stopped buying Western stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they were gone right off us. Yeah, yeah, which was great because like you know I got tons of tons of amazing stuff. Like um, there was a lot of Beavis and Butthead merchandise kicking about. Um, you go into uh, I'm going to deviate now from the Ram Museum. I fucked off right out of there. That's fine. Because oh, I want you to talk about the t-shirts. And I oh, want you to talk about basically please. all the 90s merch. Right, okay. So there's this shop called Vanguard. Um, and it was... It's kind of like a sister company of Van. Uh, it's a skate shop, but it also sells tons of retro toys, t-shirts, stuff like that. But first-hand, um, often. Um, some is second-hand. So you've got like uh, loose... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, there's so much Mad Balls merchandise. It's it's lovely. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a country where you could get a blue bomber jacket that had Microsoft <laughs> <laughs> in the old font written across the back, like a Microsoft yep. ninety five blue bomber jacket. Yeah, and totally. that's yours to take away in two thousand and fifteen. And it's here tonight. <laughs> 
comes out in its own floor. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> and I'm lying. <laughs> the only material that is fire retardant. Uh, the Mars Attacks t-shirt Mars you got. Mars Attacks t-shirt. I was um, very envious. Um, my pet monster. Uh, i seen a pretty spectacular Ren and Stimpy t-shirt as well. It looked like concept art. It's gorgeous. And uh, it's worth mentioning that second-hand stuff in Japan, very cheap, and it's all fucking pristine. Yeah. Pristine. Um, there's a range of shops that specialise in just having second-hand things called Book Off, mm. and oh, you're, sp- you're just spoiled. Mm-hmm. Spoiled. And the only downside, of course, is it's mostly books. You get your mangas as well. And if you don't speak Japanese or can't read Japanese, you're limited. But they've got other stuff. They've got other stuff, including things like... Oof! Uh, for those at home, Danny's just pulled out something that he got in a book off. Aliens on Laserdisc for... A- what would have worked out about £1.20? £1.20 for an Aliens laser disc. And it's in pristine condition. It's insane it a how heavy it is. And I don't even have a laser disc player. I've got a mini disc player. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> side one, side... It's got three sides. If you um, If you play it backwards... You hear Ridley Scott apologising for everything. <laughs> Even stuff that's happened since. Even, yeah. Especially Prometheus. Are we going to get just, controversial? Just, just take it out. Just take it right out. I don't think it's controversial to say that Prometheus is a massive pile of spunk. Ooh. Pretty good. Uh, like a massive pile of spunk? <laughs> a beautiful big pile of spunk. Did you say nerd? Okay, so what I would like us to do now is quick fire run through highlights of the holiday. Tokyo Sky Tree. Beautiful why? Uh, never been so high up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tokyo Sky Tree is a big, tall yoke with windows. Yep. You can go up. What do you think of that elevator? That was astounding. I felt kind of like I was I was getting I felt like it would never end and I would just get fucking flung into the sun mm. it was pretty impressive you step into there's a big long queue for Tokyo Sky Tree and you step into an elevator and it takes you right up to the top in an incredible amount of time and it's a very very bizarre mm. sensation just going in, the weirdest part is going in from a queue on the ground floor um, and like within 10 seconds uh, you can see the curvature of the planet <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's nuts so you, you walk around and you've got this incredible view of Tokyo looking out in every direction and you keep waiting to see the countryside mm-hmm. and you don't because there's that much city and like the city stretches to the horizon in every direction and that's what I found quite astonishing uh, and then you go up a little bit higher than that even and you see some mad bastards cleaning the windows yeah that was 
uh, <laughs> people seeing people outside it. I hadn't closed it, but I turned around and you had, and you're like, "Is that right?" <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that, that seemed to be quite a common phrase. Is that right? It's probably right. <laughs> if it wasn't right, something will be done. <laughs> what other things did you like on the holiday? Well, when I was in Japan, we got to relive my missed childhood. <laughs> ah, yes. And then we got to live it. Right, so when I was younger, um, we, we holidayed in Blackpool. That was a bit, right? Um, caravan parks. Done the best we could. Uh, and my best friend was away in Florida. And he was in Epcot. He was in Universal fucking Studios. Now, when we were in Osaka, we found out that there was a Universal Studios over there. And it is the most amazing place in the world. Because it's got rides in. Good enough, right? Mm. It's got rides that I thought I would never get to go on in my life. When I was about 14, 15, I found out that it started phasing out rides like Terminator 2 and everything like that at Universal Studios Florida, which was a place I would eventually go and experience all these thrills that I'd seen camcorder footage of with my mates and thought, you know what, one day I'm doing it. I'm fucking doing it. And then I found out they took out Terminator 2. Then I found out they took out Back to the Future. Then I found out they took out Jurassic Park and all these fucking rides that I'd been wanting to go on since I was a wee guy. And then when we arrive in a second, I find out that we've got all these plus the backdraft right. I'm like, well, hey, here we are. Here I am. It's happened. So Universal Studios as a whole was a fantastic experience. Mm. But a, a highlight of that highlight is the Terminator 2 ride. The guy they've got into play, Arnie, is just, just a tall Japanese guy. <laughs> <laughs> He did nothing like... He passed the test. He passed it. You're tall. Cool. He got in. He got on the bike. Like, pissed thin. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> honestly, built like a kite. And then... When he, I think of Arnie on the motorbike from Terminator 2, I always think of fat Arnie. Yeah. You know, when you see Arnie. the stunt Arnie <laughs> from it, it's just this fat guy. His jowl shaking as he lands, <laughs> feeling that full benefit of the blurry. <laughs> I miss my video. <laughs> Don't let the Vaseline blur. So, like, John and Sarah Connor as well, Japanese John and Sarah. Like, I, I think either of them could have done a better role as the other. <laughs> Would have been better cast, I think. But yeah, anyway, the actual event itself, you don't really know what's going on, but you get the gist of it, because it's a universal ride. It's not like, it's not densely plotted, and everything's great, and at the end of it, <clears throat> your seat slams down, and I'm I'm in complete awe of everything that's going that's on. That's a 4D. Yeah, yeah, full 4D, there's air getting blasted at you and everything like that, and I'm fucking, I've experienced it, and it's amazing, and I turn around and I close, and say, oh, I didn't like that at the end there. <laughs> the wee wobble. <laughs> the wee wobble was. It a made me feel like Fat Harney. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And then I was like, back in the room. <laughs> That's my chips pissed on. <laughs> a, a thrill for me was the Evangelion 4D ride, which uh, I queued four hours for, which was <laughs> not. Not as fun as the ride itself, but 
once in the great you you're put into a pre-ride room which has been designed like one of the underground security shelters from mm-hmm. Evangelion and Masato shows up on a big screen and tells explains in a way that still ties it into the theme that you're not supposed to take photographs because it's top secret nerve operation and you're not supposed to eat food because that's rude (laughs) (laughs) which really weaves into the theme and uh, then you go into the main show hall and it's 4D as well you're thrown this way and that as the Evangelions fight an angel and it was brilliant and there was this sort of like a a big jam tart <laughs> that was de- designed like a like a, like a big jelly corn. Just trust me, it was it was lovely. And yeah. there was an angel bun, uh, like a curry bun. Mm. And uh, that was that was a bit of a gamble when uh, in Japan whenever you were buying any sort of bun, if if you fancied something sweet afterwards, mm. and you were expecting a a lovely jam center. And you just got pre fried chicken. <laughs> yes. That was a better shock. Matcha grit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything could be inside a bun. Yeah. We talked about Universal Studios and we didn't mention the Gaijin Smash. <laughs> Would you like to explain the Gaijin Smash or. No, you know what? I think you'll do it better justice because I've I've got a vague memory of it. But I'm I'm so ashamed of <laughs> the guys in Smash. But here, here's the thing: we're, we're just going to have to be. Nobody's proud of it. Mm-hmm. But here's 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 just the truth of the matter. There's a lot of people in Japan who will dislike and distrust you as soon as they see you because. Year from beyond. <laughs> uh, it's it's not being judgmental to say that there's quite a lot of xenophobia in Japan. It's very insular. Yeah, no, no, it's... You know, they've got what a ninety-eight percent Japanese population. Outsiders are still quite a oh, <laughs> so. Sometimes you did feel that <coughs> you you could feel people not loving your presence. Not yep. constantly. Very friendly, mostly, but it's just sometimes. But certainly with the older generation. Yeah. Now, there's an advantage. There's an advantage to being disliked on sight. And that's that you can be a bad person because <laughs> that's what's expected of you've me. already been you treat me like an animal I'm gonna <laughs> behave like an animal <laughs> fuck this rising above malarkey so if there was a big queue for a ride you could go into the queue if someone who was also a gaijin a stupid Westerner, if they were already ahead of you, you could join them by and by skipping about a half hour's worth of queue. And that was called 
the Gaijin Smash. So you'd be standing there and you'd be contemplating it. It's like, oh, I could save so much time. And you just, they already hate me already. They already think I'm an idiot. <laughs> so I'll just do it. Gaijin Smash. And I've confirmed their prejudice. <laughs> uh, you, you give birth to a whole new generation of racists. <laughs> Because they'll always remember that time they were queuing up for Back to the Future and they saw that guy from over there just saunter right in. But you could just play simple. Um, the Gaijin Smash worked for a number of things. Uh, just general incompetence. <laughs> uh, anytime you were rude. Anytime you felt you were just forcing your way into an area which you weren't welcome the Gaijin Smash. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to enter into a, a, a wing of the museum that you may have to pay for, mm. you don't know for certain. Am I allowed past these bead, this bead curtain? <laughs> Gaijin Smash. Am I allowed to mount this till register? Are these my toilets? <laughs> Gaijin Smash. Is that my lunch? <laughs> you can guys and smash that sandwich. Uh, I, I need to stress, I'm not like the guys and smash is something that I feel immense embarrassment and <laughs> reflective shame upon. Like it was, it it hurt to do, but there were times where you felt I can take advantage of yeah. the language barrier and so on to just I, I can achieve my goals faster <laughs> if I just go straight cut in the middle man there's a lot of red tape that in middle Japan man being manners <laughs> exactly Gaijin smash Gaijin smash right through there no I agree it's fine <laughs> it's probably fine don't lose your way right okay so um, that's Universal Studios what was the name of the temple that we visited when we were in Kyoto? The Kiyomizu Dera Temple. Right. And holy God. It's something else. So it's like it, like ma, and it was night as well, so you're supposed to really appreciate this. The majesty of this temple at night. And there was like a weird kind of calm that hit the group. Everybody just had this mutual understanding, right? Shut the fuck up and appreciate this. It's a hell of a structure. Where it's built, how it's been done. And did you go on the into the dark yes. tunnel? Oh. There's a we joined a queue. We didn't know what we were queuing up for. Uh, we had to throw a few coins at someone. Uh, guys and smash. <laughs> and uh, you go down some stairs and you realise all of a sudden that you're going underneath the temple and it's a pitch black tunnel. Yeah, as you point out, you can't see properly in front of you. pitch black. Yeah. You'll see nothing in there. And I was... Was I behind you or was I behind Jim? Or Jim? No, no, you were... Yeah, you were behind me and uh, Joe was in front. What I was doing was I was making sure to keep a finger on your back yeah, totally. as I was walking through just so I knew where I was going and there was a moment where you stepped away and as soon as my hand wasn't <laughs> touching your back and I was just lost in <laughs> darkness and I was 
utterly terrifying. And I'm pretty sure I did a, a swing out, like, uh, trying to grab the side of the boat from the paddling pool. <laughs> but, yeah, nightmares. And you, you go buy a thing. We didn't know what the thing was. No, no, you uh, touch a stone. Um, you go through that's That's lit. So you see, you start seeing light bleed out into this corridor and you follow the light and then you get to this stone that you touch and it's a fertility stone um, so shooting spunk everywhere when I got back it worked maybe I don't know bong <laughs> <laughs> and uh, got out the other end which was also dark the other end of the corridor was pitch black too and you got out and everybody that walked out of that experience was the same. They were a Spunk. tiny bit terrified <laughs> spunking everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was stunning though, it really was. And then um, you walked around the um, the gardens of the place. Um, Cherry blossom season, of course. There was no. trees everywhere, all beautifully, perfectly lit. Mm-hmm. Yep, and like some of it was, uh, I don't know if uh, anybody's familiar with Giallo horror, but like a lot of it was lit to look like something out of Suspiria, all purple neon lights and oh, fucking gorgeous. And yeah, it was. In terms of temples and you know getting the spirituality of Japan, like that that place ticked all those boxes for me. And the uh, the ten thousand Shinto gates. 10,000 gentle gates and the monkeys that you can't take pictures of otherwise there's they... nothing like seeing a sign if you see a monkey throw stones at it because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want the monkeys to be encouraged you know do not feed the monkeys don't play with the monkeys they're not fun throw rocks at them <laughs> strike a blow to any monkey if you get the chance fuck him you bastard and uh the thing about the, the Shinto gates was I was convinced it was a thousand Shinto gates. <laughs> and so we went through a whole bunch of them. I thought, oh, we must be wrapping up pretty soon. And I said, oh, 10,000 Shinto gates all the way up. Uh, I'm glad I, I made the... Literally to the top of the mountain. The whole way. And uh, you get to do a little prayer. Got some precarious sweat. <laughs> and... Uh, Jim needed to wring out his socks. Was Jim one? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like stopping to wring out socks. There really isn't. <laughs> that's right. Folk walking by like, yep, that's about right. Big Caucasian feet on him. <laughs> we don't like that. <laughs> yeah, that I think is... that's what caused that woman to fall. <laughs> oh, a woman had a bit of a spill. <laughs> Fairly nasty. I mean, stone steps, very wet. Uh, <laughs> not bad enough for us not to laugh at all. <laughs> once you get a bit away. You know. <laughs> I'm sure she was laughing as well once she recovered. One thing I want to just quickly talk about, because I mean, I've done an entire podcast about Gundam and all the trips to the mm-hmm. Gundam-based stuff, but uh, I'd like to know, as a non-fan, how do you feel going to see the big robot? I feel... I feel... Good, because I, I feel like and I mentioned on the other one that even if you're not a fan, mm-hmm. it's a hell of a thing to go and see. 
Yeah, just I, I think the commitment to it. It's just like that's the thing that got me most. It's like the equivalent of having I don't know like a giant Deirdre Barlow in Manchester. <laughs> Could you imagine? It just wouldn't <laughs> ever happen. But Coronation Street's fucking massive down there. But and no seriousness, like this is breathtaking. This thing is colossal, and it's it's a one-one scale, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Aye. Um, and like all the fine detail on there is really impressive. So even if like I I don't I don't have a clue about that, but I appreciated the engineering behind it all. It looks great, and I appreciated everybody else having fun. I loved seeing Jim prolapse. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's another story. That's another that's another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was it was impressive, and I loved it. It was outside a shop front as well. Mm. It's like where you could go in, and there was a Toys R Us, there was a pet shop, um, there was another Vanguard. That's where I got some. Uh, oh yeah, tons of Rap Fink stuff in Vanguard as well. Got some Rap Fink stuff, and um, yeah, it was it was that was a good day as well because we got the ferry. Out. Oh, that fantastic boat, um, Mojitos. On a ferry in Japan, we, that was a good highlight. To go see the one one Gundam, you have to take a boat to Odaiba. Yeah, and uh, which is a little, I believe it's a man-made island, and it's just got fun stuff, and, including uh, a little Statue of Liberty. Including a little Statue of Liberty. Don't forget, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll uh, finish the job. Thanks, make it. Um, <laughs> but the the boat <laughs> that's definitely fine. It's probably cool. Um, the boat you take to Odaiba is a boat designed by Leiji Matsumoto, who's famous for Galaxy Express, uh, Captain Harlock, just lots of uh, still quite big and loved anime and manga series. But it's this like it's a space boat, mm. and as the boat started, as it showed up from under a bridge, I thought, "Oh, wouldn't it be great if we got on that?" But I didn't think it was going to happen, and it came over. I was like, oh my god! Mm. And then we were on it, and on that boat, I got purple potato ice cream. Oh god, I remember? That. And it was really nice. Yeah. And I bought a little uh, toy car of the boat, mm-hmm. so a car of a boat. From space, <laughs> <laughs> so purple potato ice cream, and so that boat was fantastic. Yeah, it's mostly glass, so mm-hmm. in every direction you can see out, and it was a lovely day. As well. There's um, another uh, notable mention, actually, I never really got to earlier on. Um, Super potato. Uh, Super potato was a big highlight for me in terms of uh, shopping, um, because. It was like a little. It was a shop that specialised in retro games, retro game merchandise, and um, you could. There was also um, retro uh, coin machines too. You could go and actually play arcade games. I played a little bit of Splatterhouse, which was just the best. <laughs> and then I had to leave because a guy beside me was smoking about twenty Richmonds. Yeah, the the cigarette smoking in the arcades was a hell of a thing. Uh, I uh, 
in all the Taito arcades, they had Taito ashtrays, and I, I kind of wanted them. I'm not yeah. a smoker, but I thought, well... It's enough to get you started. <laughs> and I thought, no, there's got to be a limit on the Gaijin smash, and surely, <laughs> surely theft doesn't <laughs> fall under a bit of a laugh. Video game controversy I should also mention the police standing around the spilled milk. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know the individual things of milk you get to put in your coffee? Yeah. In the shopping centre there was one of them on the ground. (laughs) A little spit of milk had spilled out onto the ground. Nothing that couldn't have been taken care of in a moment, in a matter of moments. But there were two policemen standing guard either side of it, as if it were a murder scene. <laughs> Most places we went into had more staff than customers. Mm-hmm. Like, you get three people squashed behind a single register in, in a bakery, all smiles. For two policemen guarding there. <laughs> are we are we smell of milk? It would have been perfect if another policeman came along and slept on it. <laughs> <laughs> now, the person who spelled it is probably fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> it been skinned out the back of Toys R Us. And not saying a word because they know they fucked up. <laughs> Quietly trembling. Feedback. Right, okay, shall we? Uh, shall we get to questions now? Oh. Mm. So, um, you put uh, the question. Today I'll be recording a Japan special Maybe Machine podcast with the illustrious Larpach Cure. That's me. Got a question about Japan? Just ask us. So, let's just run through. Gavin Spence, friend, friend to the podcast. Friend to the podcast. Dead to me. Gavin Spence asks, as a regular run-of-the-mill son-of-a-bitch, how did Danny Eccles feel about being there with giant robot enthusiasts? I mean, I'm also a robot enthusiast, I suppose. I like vending machines and... You were almost on board with the building (laughs) robots. I I was, yeah. You you were whispering to me. Because because I wanted, like, what were the uh, mini Gundam guys called? Just the SD. Yeah, right, okay, I was wanting to get some of them because they they resembled samurai pizza cats a little bit. And that was enough for me. There's a whole samurai range. But remember when I asked, uh, when we were in um, the giant tandy, and I'd asked the guy about samurai pizza, and I was wearing a samurai pizza cats t shirt. And I asked the guy about Samurai, and I swear to God, this was the response. Any important to my shop, Samurai? And he just went, mm. <laughs> <laughs> And what we should point out right now as well is that this shop was like a cave of toys. Like, you couldn't mm. make out one from the other. But occasionally, like, a very well-detailed vinyl figure of Mr. Bean would pop <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bean and Judge Dredd <laughs> <Totally>. together at last. <laughs> the show will all be made for. That's a versus we really want to see. <laughs> I totally fuck Robocop and Terminator. 
Okay. Mm. <laughs> so, Lee Maria, Mariah, um, did you try melon soda? It's what I miss most about my trip to Japan. So, did you? Did you? I did. Hmm? Uh, I, I had melon soda that had been rebranded to Harrow Soda, which was a, a trick to make the robot people buy it. I don't see why melon soda wouldn't do well if they brought it over. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like you just need to have a taste and you're like, well, that's bloody delicious. That's right, I had some that night too. And the green. Ah, oh, it was delicious. I think it might be a problem with just people don't think of the melon as, mmm, oh, I want carbonated that. <laughs> <laughs> but God's good. Mm hmm. Um, Manly Japanda has asked, what's the most debauched thing that you did in Japan? What are Japanese jails like? So I would ask you, what do you think the closest you came to going to jail was? Hmm. Would it have been during a Gaijin smash? No, I think it would have been the Notorious Scare the Women episode. <laughs> okay. But I didn't, there was no uh, intention to scare the woman. Mm? I think you scared the woman. <laughs> I think you scared the woman. Um, so we got the Shinkansen, as you do if you want to go from Tokyo to uh, Osaka and Kyoto, or beyond, mm-hmm. which we didn't. And that's where we've seen Mount Fuji as well. Yeah, from from the Shinkansen you get a lovely view mm-hmm. of Mr. Fuji, or Mrs. <laughs> a young lady took her seat next to mine. When you get the Shinkansen, you have a seat. Mm-hmm. Take it. As if you were on a plane. And she was all smiles sitting down. And then she sat down and uh, flipped into some sort of uh, like boiler of hate and disgust. And I think what happened was she'd spotted your tattoo and then caught... <laughs> Oh, these aren't nice people. <laughs> these are bad Yakuza men. <laughs> she really... She was raging. Uh, she was raging. And she had a uh, little chocolate sweeties. This is the best part. <laughs> I would have loved one. <laughs> I really would. I, mean, I think at that point you would have you got away with playing some Gaijin Smash. We got your prison story. I never, never came close to it. Although I was, I think, <laughs> I went into a sex shop um, and they have this hand job machine. <laughs> so, like, it's. <laughs> it's you shouldn't call it <laughs> Okay, Hiplink, I think uh, you deserve a wee prize here for the best question. And I mean this sincerely. How were the bathrooms in Japan? The bathrooms? Did you push the button? Aye. Did you push it a second time? Yeah. That's that's the main one. Uh-huh. Did you push it the second time? Yeah. Because people will push it the once and then go, Whoa. That's enough. So, what what are we talking about, Danny? Well, right, okay, so we've already established that Japan's a very very clean place, very tidy place, very almost sterile in, in, in certain areas. I think what we need to actually talk about is the toilet experience itself. First off, heated seats. Heated seats. Second off, relaxing sounds. Mm. Push a wee button. What do you hear? A serene waterfall. Having a bit of problem going? Push a button. 
Here's some fibre being crunched up in a bowl. (laughs) 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 With James Brown. (laughs) The James Brown one. You birthed the people, you birthed the people. A whole range. A whole range. We've got got seats that lift of their own accord. You've obviously got the bum shower. Let's talk about the bum shower. Okay. The bum shower at first kind of it felt unusual but two days in I was fully initiated and that was it. Initial concerns. Mm-hmm. Is my own piss water being shot right back up me? You can't tell me that that didn't just for a moment. Is this the same water that I've done a bit of a desperate dan in? Imagine that though. That's like a bit. That's a bit. You can feel the the chunks going straight back up. (laughs) Yeah, I initially. But my my first problem was like, what if it misses? Like, what if it shoots me right in one nut? (laughs) because <laughs> that's a very immediate and precise hit mm. <laughs> it's like a wee slap but a <laughs> constant slap but yeah I, I, I amazingly had me pretty much directly on the button first time happy times no need to wiggle around not yet yeah, no. but you still did <laughs> Every time I used that, I developed a mild squint. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know not everyone in the group was up for it. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I, I swear by it. Mm-hmm. So, overall, toilet experience, an absolute plus. Mm. A full positive. Play us out. Yeah? Yeah. Do us uh, an emotional... Either the machine or Japan or whatever, whatever feels right. Okay. Japan is greatness, Japan's really nice, Japan's full of lovely buildings. Japan is the stuff that dreams are made of. Worst case of bad dick 
you've had a, a music festival? Easy. Um, I went to Leeds, maybe 2003, four, something like that. It's a very exciting day for me. I went bad time for Leeds. Bad time for <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I went to see, uh, amongst other people, Alec Empire of Atari Teenage Riot fame. And I didn't know how to, how to deal with the audience. They were nihilistic at the best of times. And there was a lot of stage diving from Alec Empire himself. He landed uh, on my hand. His buzz cock and balls landed on my hand. So, like, instant, whoop! There well, you are. It's cupped it perfectly you're, you're there. You're in trouble with the police now. <laughs> and I was, at, I was at the stage where I was like, if I take my load off here, if, like, <laughs> oh. if I don't carry his weight here, he might fall. So, was you know what? There was a lot of weight. There was a lot of weight. He was doing all right for I had his cock and balls in my hand for quite some time. Mm. And I left him there. Like, mm. And he was singing. And we were all holding him. And there was hands everywhere. So I was only going to go underneath someone else's hand. And then I resigned to it. I was like, you know what? How often <laughs> do you get... Also, you had control of his pitch. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you can give them a squeeze and you <laughs> get gradually higher. Really a human pitch shifter. Everyone agrees it's the best show he's ever done. Yeah. You get hired. <laughs> totally. I actually turned him into Danny Filth. <laughs> Could you imagine playing someone's cock like a uh, terrible? <laughs> I guess you get close to the heat. <laughs> so after the. Uh, I should point out he was wearing PVC trousers as well. And after the show, I had a wee sniff of my hand. <laughs> and it was like I'd gone to a family size pack of skips. Mm. <laughs> Scampy. Yeah. So it wasn't strictly my dick. It yeah. was actually Alec Empire's dick. Do you reckon this is going to get back to him somehow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no.